had a major singer songwriter do a song for us, and we just decided we decided to go in a different direction, and um, that's kind of fun, Stephen. What that does, and what I like about that, is it celebrates our incredibly loyal sponsors and our presenting sponsor, Central National Bank Heritage Creamery, a place you like to visit, Schmaltz's, Schmaltz's, Cooper Complete. And, of course, Alan Samuels, as well as Craig Cherry. Thank you to everybody uh, who's a part of the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. Stephen, if you do, I'm still hoping you'll have second thoughts. If you do, in fact, leave the radio station, I will allow you to kind of wherever you are. Um, I, I don't totally understand, like, the mortgage business, so someday you'll have to explain to me wh- what you're going to do. Um but I, I want you to claim wherever you go, hey, these are my sponsors, all right? I just want you to still, and you can, like, play that song when you get to work and everything like that. So I'm just, this is part of my send-off for you, is that you can use all these. These are your sponsors, too, wherever you go in life. Sounds great. I'm just going to ask Brian Fonville for money. <laughs> well, I tell you, Brian, what you're going to probably be doing is you'll call up Brian and say, I need some graphics I, for my presentation. I've got some mortgage presentations to make. Can I, uh, by the way, that Allman guy, I feel like he's bra- he's single-handedly kind of trying to break up the radio station. So, I, uh, Stephen, if you have his number, text it to me. I'm very upset with that young man. And um, I... I'm told now tr- he's trying to bring JMO over too to the mortgage business. So very, I'm very frustrated with this whole thing. So Stephen, if you will forward me uh, Chris Allman's number, I would appreciate it. I'll put you guys in touch for sure. That sounds like a good good idea. Yeah, yeah. All right, Stephen. I know you had a uh, a long, hopefully a, a really nice weekend. I mean, this was the first travel, kind of a road trip for young. Sawyer Simcox, I mean, the baby has just entered the world uh, about two weeks old. And, Stephen, you load up the family car. You've got two other children, and you're a young family, uh, kind of early 30s, late 20s type situation. And you just said, you know what, let's get Sawyer out on the road. Let's get the child out on the road, see how he does. I mean, I would have probably eased into that, Stephen, but I kind of admire you. Let's go see the in-laws. I mean, and you probably kind of, did y'all have like a movie night, Stephen? Did y'all just leave Sawyer there with the in-laws and you, and you headed out to see a movie or anything? Or did you did you kind of stay pretty close to the baby the whole time? No, we stayed pretty close to the baby, uh, but it was a good time. My family, or her family, my family, it's all our family now, um, has a lot of young children. So there were eight kids there between five and two weeks old. So it was just complete chaos in the house, um, and by the end of day one, I kind of wanted to leave, but it was it was a good time. I, we enjoyed it, and Sawyer did great. He actually did the best out of anyone because he slept pretty much the whole way there down and back um, on the road trip, so he likes riding in the car so far. All right, Kristen's parents, if you're listening, sorry, Stephen just said he wanted to leave <laughs> there immediately. I want you to take that the wrong way. They understand. All right, we've got a lot of folks kind of doing some, kind um, of taking some vacation. Stephen, I'll probably try to do that next week, you know, just as I try to not think about the fact that you're leaving me. This is one of the great, uh, I mean, I would say, Stephen, between the two of us, 
This is an amicable parting. Now, you and the station, I would say it's acrimonious. You're going out guns blazing. You're very upset. No, no, it's pretty amicable, it seems like. I mean, I'm covering for Tom on vacation this week, so it can't be terrible. That's that's true. That's true. It seems to be that you're leaving. Although, I'd like to see him fight a little bit harder to keep Simcox around. I I feel feel like we embrace this new career a little bit too much. All right, Steven. So I'm still working on bungling this mortgage, whatever this high price gig that you've landed. Now, Stephen, somewhere out there right now, I think probably it left the port of Galveston, whatever they call that. And it's, I mean, I would like, you know, in the post pandemic, I think it might be a good idea to give it a, a few months before you just strike out and take a cruise. But one of our one of our uh, bosses, corporate overseers, uh, has decided to take a cruise. And Stephen, they they pulled out now, and then um, and and boy, I tell you, can you imagine like the midnight buffet, all the stops that they will have? Um, and Stephen, I I this is apparently what is playing. As Tom Barfield, program director at ESPN Central Texas, as he um, as he made his way out of Galveston into the into the choppy waters, he has yeah. They left on Saturday, and Tom <laughs> Tom told us before he left, he was like, "Hey, once I get out on the ocean, I'm not going to have access to email, access to you know text messaging. So you guys are on your own this week." And I was like, "All right, cool." And then I got home. Uh, well, I checked, I checked my email last night and I had an email from Tom and he said, I have limited access to email. So if you email me, I'll be able to get back to you by the end of the day. So I guess Tom found the computer room on the cruise ship yeah, and he's going to check he's... his email once a day, make sure nothing's burning down. Now, Stephen, what I was trying to do, I am setting up, I'm setting up a very famous theme music that I, I think you have. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. This is what was played. Tom goes sailing through the waters in the Gulf. Exciting and new. Stephen, is this familiar to you? Do you even, have you ever heard this before? You looked it up today. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of the Love Boat. I didn't know what the theme song was before today. All right. No, this is very important. People my age and over, 45 and over, they're very, they recognize this theme. And we get to the chorus, Stephen. I need you to turn it up. And this is what Tom. Here we go. There it is. Tommy Tommy Barfield uh, has made his way into the uh, the Gulf, and it's going to be a nice. I don't know where all they're going, uh, and they're making their way on a cruise. Stephen, I thought maybe we would. I didn't know a cruise would be the first thing we did post pandemic, but good for the Barfield family. <laughs> Stephen, did he? Have, did they have friends going on like church members, or was this like a Barfield proper? 
type trip or did you not ask those questions <laughs> yeah i didn't dig too deep i, I just know <laughs> that uh this is a common thing like tom goes on cruises frequently uh really? so i guess as soon as you know it's open backed up and this is the first boat out of galveston like literally um since since the pandemic he he jumped on it which is good for them but yeah this is uh, apparently cruises are what they do matt all right well uh good luck to him i would say it's 50 50 as to whether he's monitoring our show right now he's got the syntax sports fan out he's like I, halfway I think there's a off the boat chance i think he's asked the captain if he could get a little closer to the shore so he could kind of hear what Mosley had to say today and kind of monitor it and make sure I got all the mascots right in Central Texas. There he is, Tom Barfield, as he makes his way uh, through the, the waters. Hope they have a smooth and nice time out there. Steven, I'll just paint the picture for you. Tommy B, right there next to the pool, poolside, laying out, catching some rays. And, um, and I, I've heard that he dyed his hair. He, he used kind of a, uh, what do you do it when you dye it yellow, Stephen? He did some of that. You know how the play, the young high schoolers do? He bleached when they, it? When they bleached make, up a little he bit? bleached his hair, so he's out there poolside as we speak. So good luck to the, uh, the Barfield family as they make their way around uh, the Gulf, and uh, that's exciting to have those things up and running. Stephen, have you been on a cruise yet? I have not, no. This okay. is one of the things I uh, I need to go on. Chris and I were going to go on one for a honeymoon, but she said, well, you haven't been on one before, and if you got seasick, that would be pretty miserable. So we decided against it. <laughs> you got to be a pretty, you got to be a pretty rough sailor to get seasick on a cruise. Steven, I mean, those are enormous vessels. All right. And you can also have some Dramamine or wear a patch unless you're on like a, a smaller yacht or a, or a boat out there at sea, that's when you get the uh, seasick. But, Stephen, it's got to be, let me just say this, you got to be basically going through the Bermuda Triangle with a horrible storm for you to get seasick on a cruise. I'm not saying it can't happen. Now, the kind of seasick that was happening during the pandemic, Stephen, that was, that was some scary stuff. So, anyway, we'll see. Stephen, just, you know, just wait maybe till the baby's a little bit older, and then you all can all tell you what you do. When the baby gets a little older, y'all go on one of those Disney cruises. All right? I think that would be the way to go. I'll keep that in mind. We are thinking about going to Disney next year, so maybe that's the move. Disney Cruise. Yeah. Disney with a one-year-old. I'm going to – I would immediately question that move. All right? I would leave the baby with, the, with your parents and then, uh, and, then make, and then make the way to Disney World. All right, with the with the two that are now like what three and five or yeah, four and six. they'll be four They're and six old. by then. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, yep. Do not, I the baby at Disney World maybe not the best move out there. It is Mosley and Simcox making our way into a. Um, I mean, we've really hit the ground running, haven't we, Stephen? I want to tell you at three forty, we've got something big planned. Uh, Gary Patterson is going to stop by and do a live interview. I need to remind him, Stephen, and remind me, I've got to give you, we got the direct line. We got the direct coach's line, okay? So we need to we need to utilize that into Gary's office, and so that'll be exciting. We're going to do that at 340 today and catch up with TCU. Stephen, are you going to utilize some of what we talked to, to Gary for the Locked On Frogs podcast? 
Oh yeah, that's gonna... that's the whole Wednesday podcast, Matt. Got it knocked out already. Excited. <laughs> All right. All right. And by the way, don't shy away, Stephen, from I'm gonna I want you to get jump in and ask the questions. I know you won't be shy, but if there's any kind of controversial thing to ask, like have they lost any players? Have they have they lost any recruiting battles here lately? Have they I mean be did didn't TCU and SMU just got the twelfth ranked player in the country over the weekend? Do you love that, Stephen? That SMU, the moment they allow people, players to start getting paid, it's like SMU jumps out there and lands their highest recruited, uh, highest ranked recruit ever, number twelve in the whole land, and it may be one of the top two receivers in the country, number twelve overall from Garland, Texas. The Mustangs are back, Stephen. Do you think the Mustangs are writing some checks again? They're already diving into name, image, and likeness headfirst. I like it. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty shocking. I mean, he's right there in Garland, and for years they've been saying, "Man, if if uh, if SMU can just get these Dallas area kids to stay home, and I guess uh, maybe maybe some paychecks have have made that happen." Man, there was a guy named Sherwood Blunt. Occasionally, I'll be in an event. Uh, Glenn Stretch Smith and I were went to eat at this one place. And there he was at a table, Stephen. He's there all the time. I don't know if they're playing cards or just hanging out after they play golf or whether they play golf. I don't know. But at this particular place, there he was. It was hard for me as a reporter not to go over. He does not comment on – He, in fact, he refused to be involved in the Pony Excess probation or the uh, documentary they did. But Sherwood Blunt, famous Dallas businessman that was a multimillionaire – he was one of the key players, Stephen, in paying those players. And it was, a, it was always what was funny to me. It was kind of an honor among thieves. The reason they got the death penalty is not for the first crime. It was the second time they got caught paying. Why were they paying? Well, Stephen Sherwood Blunt basically was saying, we, we promised these kids, and he was determined to meet payroll. Like he, it, it was a total like it was. There's some honor in it. It was like we enticed these kids to come here and told them we were going to pay them this amount, and by golly, we're going to pay them what we told them we were going to pay them. So when I heard it like that years later, Stephen, while I'm not condoning cheating in college athletics, that, doesn't it make you feel a little bit better about the honor among those people that they're just like, if we promise these kids to come here they're going to be paid we're going to we're going to make payroll so anyway one of, and one of those guys by the way is a guy i've known over the years ken andrews who had a couple of tree farms and um steven he was different than sherwood ken loved talking about it ken, ken andrews would talk he would sit down with you in fact i think he was in the movie in the documentary pony excess they may have interviewed him um I think Ken, I don't know. I hadn't heard from Ken in a while, but uh, Ken Andrews was part of the uh, the whole SMU scandal. Stephen, why don't we avoid that topic with with Gary Patterson, the TCU coach? I would think he does not want to talk about at former SMU scandals, and he doesn't want to hear. But remind me, Stephen, while we're talking about this, didn't TCU land a pretty big time kid recently? I thought, I thought they did, like for 2022 or whatever. Yeah, they got some irons in the fire. Um, there's okay. a there's a big four star safety chance Biddle who might commit, but he hasn't okay. he hasn't committed yet. Um, it, one of their big time. It, it's not 
necessarily a recruit in a way, but he hasn't played yet because he's an incoming freshman. Shadrach Banks, he was a wide receiver at North Shore, went and played his spring ball at A&M and then decided to transfer. So they landed him um, recently, and we'll ask Gary about him and what his plans are for, for Shadrach coming up at 340 today. Shadrach, of course, that makes us kind of think of biblical-type terms. What position was he playing at A&M, did you say? He was a wide receiver. And we think that's what he's going to play at TCU, or is that a little bit undecided? Well, there's some, I'm wondering if Gary's going to move him to the defensive side of the ball because he's like 6'4", 200-plus pounds. That's why they rarely have first-round wide receivers because Gary turns everybody into <laughs> safeties or or cornerbacks. It's very true, you? yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Gary Patterson coming up at 340. And that'll be good. We'll say – I'm going to say, uh, Gary – do you um? I've got, we got to ask him some stuff. I'm trying to think of a good Baylor-related something. We will ask him about some of those Central Texas kids, Stephen. That's good. That's good information. And I saw that Pro Football Focus uh, list. I don't know if you've seen that, Stephen. They have um, they have uh, Tomlinson ranked really, really high, like he's 11th in the country. PFF. That is uh, mm-hmm. Travius Hodges, Hodges Tomlinson. Tomlinson, the nephew. Of Ladanian, is that correct? That's correct, yep. Okay. All right. There it is as we continue. Mid- Midway kid, by the way. Um, it is time to, uh, Stephen, we had some Cowboys talk and some Luca talk break out yesterday on the Colin Cowherd show. I ended up, even on my day off yesterday, Stephen, doing a little TV radio. We'll check in on that, and we've got some breaking news for you as well. All that coming up next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Partly to mostly cloudy skies tonight with a stray shower possible early. We dropped to 72 degrees. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow with a 30% chance of a few showers in the afternoon and a high of 89. And on Thursday, partly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of an afternoon shower and a high of 90. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Morris Show. Frank was just such a gentleman, such a great representative of Baylor University. And it wasn't just Baylor. I mean, he was doing the Baylor games, but he was so well-respected that he was doing Southwest Conference basketball TV games every week. And the other coaches in the Southwest Conference were okay with that just because Frank was so so fair and did such a great job for their schools and for the league. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. At CNC Collision Center, they handle any paint or body work job. In fact, they offer a lifetime warranty on any paint and body job they do. But that's not all they do. At CNC, they can take care of all auto repairs. If your AC is on the fritz, let one of the specialists take care of it so you can beat the Texas heat. Need new tires? CNC has what you need and can even install a Rhino bed liner in your pickup. So for all your automotive repair needs, go to CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. All right, wanted to talk about Heritage Creamery. Very excited. Uh, the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox will be on the road Friday. And uh, it, that Heritage Creamery new location. And uh, my goodness, out there. Um, I mean, Stephen, this thing has gotten me very excited. The new location, 13701 Woodway Drive. That's Highway 84 and Ritchie Road not far away from one of my favorite central national bank locations. 
That's heritagecreamery.com if you want to find out more. Open every day from 2 p.m. till 10 o'clock at night. And then don't forget, for all those Baylor students and folks that live fairly close to the Baylor campus, some of you live over there in Austin, Franklin, that area, beautiful homes over there. You've got that 1125 South 8th Street on the Baylor campus. For us, for those of us that went to Baylor, that we'd say, well, right over there, kind of across from Collins. And then whatever they taught over there, I think that was like uh, fashion design. They used to teach right across from there. And uh, the Creamery is right there, established in 2016. Heritage Creamery, independently owned, operated ice cream shop. They are proud to be grown here in Waco. And the mission is to provide locally, responsibly sourced, delicious frozen treats for the Central Texas community. All right, come see us. Remember, we'll be out there Friday at 3 o'clock at Heritage Creamery, the new location, Highway 84 and Ritchie Road, 13701 Woodway Drive. Feel like you're missing out on the fiesta? You don't have to. La Fiesta Restaurant is open with dine-in seating, drive-through, and delivery. Now, you can get the famous purple margarita to go or delivered with any food purchase. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier with family pack of fajitas, enchiladas, and tacos. Order online or call ahead and get any of your La Fiesta favorites at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Stop by downtown in Waco at Way Cool Tacos in Union Food Hall. Way Cool Tacos, located corner of Franklin and 8th Street. Come join us. Helmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Helmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Helmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Helmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to helmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for completely listening ESPN Radio Sports Center I'm Ward Lines with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update Game one of the NBA Finals tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks at the Phoenix Suns. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. Montreal takes game four of the Stanley Cup Finals, 3-2. to two. Tampa Bay now leads the Finals, three games to one. Game five is Wednesday night in Tampa Bay. Jaguars quarterback and number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence signed his four-year rookie contract for $36.8 million. Texas Rangers Gallo and Garcia were selected as reserves in the All-Star game. Kyle Gibson was named to the pitching staff for the All-Star game. That game will take place in Denver on Tuesday, July 13th. Rangers will try and bounce back versus Detroit tonight 705 first pitch and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas Astros have put together a four game winning streak with a sweep of the Indians they start a series with the A's tonight 710 first pitch Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas Stephen was at the in-laws. Stephen to the in-laws, will they do they kind of go out back and maybe have a sip or two? Or, or were there any frozen type drinks? Or is it a pretty straight Dr. Pepper Diet Coke type family? What are we what are we working with there? My father's my father-in-law is Catholic, so there's some freedom there. <laughs> Stephen spoken like a true Baptist kid. Golly, you were you were a little hesitant to throw that out there. <laughs> Cat, 
don't know. I'm sorry to the Catholics out there. I don't know how they'll take that. I didn't say it was a bad thing. I no, I, I didn't realize we. No, no, it's uh, Catholics do know how to have a good time. And uh, <laughs> I've gone by some of those fish fries they have right around. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of my holidays. I think that's around Easter. They have some of that fish, that fried fish. Woo, man. They'll be handing it out there, and they do have a great time over there uh, uh, in uh, in Waco in Central Texas. Steven, lots to get to. Lots to talk to Gary Patterson. Uh, the TCU coach will join us at 340. And, Stephen, I'm trying to think of any breaking news out there. I saw some media news, if anybody cares about this. There's a huge fight right now at ESPN. Rachel Nichols was secretly recorded last year in the bubble as she waited, talking to someone. It was LeBron's advisor saying, like, I hope the best for one of my teammates, um, Maria Taylor, but I just don't want it to come at my expense. So it's kind of like I'm I'm all for diversity, uh, but but please don't take my gig. And I, Stephen, it, it didn't seem like a huge thing, but it's become a huge thing. And tonight, Stephen, she's had her sideline gig taken away from her. Malika Andrews will fill in. And she'll go, and then today, Stephen, word just got out from the New York Post that The Jump, a, a NBA show, I kind of like it, it's fine, I talk NBA, Rachel's an old friend of mine, and um, The Jump has been canceled today. Hashtag cancel culture. Stephen, um, so Rachel Nichols will not be on the game tonight, and she will not be heard on The Jump. Uh, Stephen, I, probably, I know you don't really want to <laughs> comment a lot on this, can I tell you a Rachel Nichols story? Sure, please do. All right. Well, we were in Louisiana one time. I got to know her through covering the NFL for ESPN.com. She could not have been nicer. Always got along with her great. And uh, we were all out having dinner one night. Rachel took us all to dinner. It was the New York media, the New York Giants media. And so she took us out. We were having a big time. And uh, we went to Koshan, a very nice place in New Orleans, and Stephen, during the entire meal, and it was to great comedy because I was very good friends with all the PR guys from the Giants, she proceeded, <clears throat> like a lot of people do, because of my name being close to Mark, I am Matt, but there was a famous kicker for the Redskins named Mark Mosley. And even though Rachel had known me for a couple of years by this time, she throughout the entire evening called me Mark. And could not have been nicer, and we shared a lot of fun stories. But the whole night, she's like, Mark, Mark. So the next day, Stephen, um, I got to the game. And, of course, the New York Giants PR staff had made a special plaque for me <laughs> at my seat. And I was, I was referred to as Mark Mosley. And there's still people that used to be with the Giants that are elsewhere now. One of the guys is with Cleveland. And they can't, they, they've never gotten past that story. They still call me Mark Mosley. So, anyway, Stephen, um, there were two people that really struggled with my name. Two, of, two people that I actually got to know fairly well. Rachel and then also Sal Palantonio had a very hard time. He wanted to call me Mark because of the Redskins kicker. And one time, Stephen, I did get to interview when I was at ESPN Dallas on the radio. I had Mark Mosley on, and it gave me a, it gave me an opportunity to let him know that because of him, nobody's ever gotten my name right. 
So there, there is a sep- there's a separating line of people 45 and over want to call me Mark, like if they meet me for the first time. Like if I say hi to somebody anywhere in Central Texas, Stephen, 45 and over, the first thing they say back to me is, good to meet you, Mark, right after I've said Matt. <laughs> because in their minds, my name has to be Mark Mosley. And uh, in that Redskins kicker, Stephen, one year in 1982, maybe you could you could check me on this. I believe it was like around 1982. He was named the NFL MVP. <laughs> if you could imagine a straight-on kicker, he was kind of the last of the straight-on kickers. Mark Mosley was the MVP of uh, of the NFL that year. Had a big year. Had a big kicking year. It may have been like a strike-shortened season is why that happened but he was named the MVP of the NFL. So there you have it, Stephen. I'm just impressed that, you know, you kind of let her do that all night and didn't correct her. I think that's good good restraint by you in an awkward situation. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you one thing that happens they, when these – They were giggling, by the way. <laughs> all the guys at the table were, we're just giggling laughing. the whole time. And she just kept saying Kept saying, it. Mark. Mark, Mark, you're too much. <laughs> One thing that happens when these stories break, though, <laughs> is people go back and just find out all kinds of things about, you know, your life. And I had no idea until yesterday that Rachel Nichols' mother-in-law was Diane Sawyer. But that became a huge hot topic after yesterday's events. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there you go. Maybe that maybe that helped Rachel a little bit. Well, yeah, and you know who Diane Sawyer's married to or was. I mean, because I think he's left us. Mike Nichols, who's like you know, one of the most famous TV playwright, you know, uh, most famous writers ever. Like Mike Nichols did, I think he did The Graduate. I mean, Mike Nichols was unbelievable. I mean, you start looking back over the years, he's one of the most prolific um, movie filmmakers, TV writers uh, in the history of, of, uh, of film. And, and that's, that was her father-in-law, Mike Nichols was. But she married it. I mean, Rachel Nichols is extremely talented, so I don't want to do yeah. like. Yeah, and was a reporter. I mean, she's been a reporter forever. Like correct. I'm sure before she got married and everything else transpired. Not sure about that, but yeah, I, I don't exactly <laughs> know what the timing was on all that. No, no, no. I didn't mean to. I do think she's a good reporter, and she's done a nice job. And she's extreme. She is very, very nice. And that's a tough one, man. If you're secretly recorded. And then somebody puts it out there. I mean, I, you're going to be held accountable. You know what it brings back, Stephen, is everything we heard back in, like, Sunday school over the years. Like, be what, what's the line about um, what you say in the dark is going to come to light or something? I mean, I, I think that's almost biblical. I think my mom said it to me a million times. But, I mean, that's true. Like, what we say. Stephen, it's one of the things in radio we say, watch on a hot mic. Now, you and I, fortunately, I mean, I don't think there's much we say that could get us in trouble. But uh, I'm sure there are things over the years. You know, it's like I don't wish I, don't, I wish nobody had heard that. I was I was somewhere one time, Stephen, and the producer kind of meekly says to me, and during breaks, I used to Stephen, you've seen a very calm Mosley over the last three years or whatever it's been. I used to really, I was not, I was I could be a little bit tough to work with. I know it's shocking to to hear, and so I could get on to folks, and I I was not. I mean. I, I think most of them ended up saying it was a good experience, but at times it was not a good experience. And so the producer meekly says, oh, Matt, I'm really sorry, but um, 
uh, it was I was with Kalashaw, Tim Kalashaw. I said uh, your mic was on that entire commercial deal. Gosh, I just started sweating like just hearing that. <laughs> And I, I, you're just like, what did I say? And fortunately, I don't think I said anything crazy. But I mean, that's just, that's just the absolute worst. It's like the easiest way to get. Fun. And I mean, it's it's ter- it's rough for the talent too, because obviously, you know, you said what you said, but that's the easiest way as a producer to get fired quickly is to leave, leave the mics on. But I think that young man went on to have some success. So, it's okay. I, I I think I was so stunned. It, it was DJ Ringenberg who did it. Um, if we want to put his name out there on the street. But he is. He's actually very talented. He's fine. But uh, but anyway, it's that's that was a that was a rough deal. All right, Stephen. Do we have a do we have a moment here? Do we have time to play a little bit of uh, of my appearance with Colin Calhoun? Calhoun, or do you want to wait till tomorrow? Perhaps we got to be uh, all over this Gary thing. Yeah, we can we can wait till tomorrow. Okay, okay. I did make a national TV appearance yesterday on behalf of the show, and. Uh, I don't know, Stephen, if that came up or not during the show, but uh, anyway, it was uh, it was fun, and uh, we'll let you hear a little bit of that tomorrow. Um, lots going on, and NBA Finals getting ready to roll. And the word has come, Stephen, this afternoon. You tell me if you've heard something even newer than this. The last I was seeing is Malika Andrews, who's now replaced Rachel Nichols tonight on sidelines, had it that Giannis Antetokounmpo had been upgraded from doubtful to questionable. And, I mean, that that really, boy, that, that got me excited. I mean, I, I just didn't like the Bucks' chances without Giannis, although they played really well without him. I didn't like their chances at all. But questionable, man, that's a that becomes more of like a 50-50 type proposition. Stephen, anything new on that front? No, you're dead on. Uh, that was Malika Andrews, and Woj followed up by saying that Giannis has continued round-the-clock treatment uh, on his knee, hoping to um, get get right and get cleared for tonight, but it'll be a game-time decision. So he is questionable, and uh, we should hear something just before game time about his status. You wish Woj would just let somebody have a story? Does he have to j- jump No, he's got to pile on and say that it's with him. It sources um, with myself and Malika. Uh, Malika's with me on this, okay. Did you, did you see that story where Woj called Rachel out and said on some call and said, you're not a good teammate? Bad teammate. You're a bad teammate. Golly. All right, Stephen. I hope you, nobody would ever say that about me. Um, it is time to talk to Gary Patterson, head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. Hit the horn. What's that thing? Hit the horn. Hit the horn, um, frog score. <laughs> Hit the horn, frog score. And uh, we will talk to Gary Patterson next. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach, Mitch Thompson. Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club, and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. And, you know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now, and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Jessup Housing in Waco, a premier affordable manufactured home builder, is looking for skilled workers at two of their locations to join their team. Paying up to $18.50 per hour to start, they also offer free health insurance, production bonuses, paid holidays and vacations, 401k with company match, and opportunities for advancement. 
Apply in person at Jessup Housing today at 1101 Foundation Drive in Waco or 1001 West Loop 340 in Waco or apply online at jessuphousing.com. Join the Jessup Housing family today. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Good Feet store. It's music to our ears. Just listen to Deidre. I would tiptoe out of bed because the pain would shoot up my heels. When I went to the Good Feet store, they allowed me to try on the arch supports, and I started sobbing because I had no pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. Last Chance Bar in Bell Mead is under new ownership. This family-owned and operated establishment offers a small-town atmosphere with a rustic down-home feel. Open seven days a week, this hometown sports bar offers a variety of entertainment. Pool tournaments every Monday and Tuesday, karaoke every Thursday, and live music on Saturdays. Located at 1200 New Dallas Highway in Bell Mead. Only minutes from I-35 and a short drive from downtown Waco. With the coldest beer in town and some friendly faces, stop into Last Chance Bar for some good old Texas hospitality. More information and upcoming events, log on to lastchancebartx.com. Talk about some Alan Samuels. It's one of the hottest months of the year in Texas. Alan Samuels turning up the heat, making the hottest deals around. New lineup, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. Ram's a three-peat motor trend truck of the year, back to back to back. Ram trucks are the top safety pick for trucks named in 2021. Come check out the great-looking, always reliable, built to haul. It's just the truck that gives you everything you need. 2021 Ram trucks. Jeep Freedom Days are going on now. Jeep see the most decorated SUVs available. Jeep is built tough as nails, able to stand up to any challenge off-road trails, the city roads, or your next great adventure. Get over there at Allen Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Fiat, 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. Tell them Matt Mosley sent you. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Game one of the NBA Finals tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks at the Phoenix Suns. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. Montreal takes game four of the Stanley Cup Finals, 3-2. Tampa Bay now leads the Finals, three games to one. Game five is Wednesday night in Tampa Bay. Jaguars quarterback and number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence signed his four-year rookie contract for $36.8 million. Texas Rangers Gallo and Garcia were selected as reserves in the All-Star game. Kyle Gibson was named to the pitching staff for the All-Star game. That game will take place in Denver on Tuesday, July 13th. Rangers will try and bounce back versus Detroit tonight, 7.05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Astros have put together a four-game winning streak with a sweep of the Indians. They start a series with the A's tonight, 7.10 first pitch. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. By my opinion, the song of the pandemic right there. Take a step back. Gary Patterson, vocals, guitar, wrote, wrote the lyrics. Very, very good song. And Coach Patterson's joining us right now. And, Gary, it's great to have you back. I know you've been working like crazy. Other coaches out on vacation. Gary Patterson, not a man who always takes a vacation. But now you did slip out to 
Billy Bob's the other night. I got to see a little bit of footage from this. How was that, and how fun was it to see, like, a nice crowd where everybody was comfortable again? Yeah, it was. You know, we did it for, um, you know, for uh, the Big Good, which is, you know, part of the Gary Patterson Foundation. And so uh, the Big Good is uh, Leon Bridges and myself, Chris Harrison. So, we, uh, yeah, it was – it was a fun time. You know, always a uh, bucket list with Finn Ewing. Uh, he's a car, car dealer that's a TCU grad out of uh, Dallas, Plano area. And so it was a bucket list for him and his band to play it. And so I kind of just kind of rode along and got a chance to get up and do some stuff. But it was it was fun. We had, you know, probably uh, close to 1,000 there. So it was, that was cool. Now, will you allow people when you're playing, Gary, to dance? You know, some people famously have said no dancing. No dancing when I'm playing, when I'm on the stage. Well, if you see somebody twirling around or doing a little two-step, are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I grew up in Kansas where you had uh, the wedding, then the, the event, you had reception, and then that night you had the wedding dance. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's all about people being able to enjoy the moment. Well, I tell you, it's quite a moment for college football right now with this name, image, and likeness thing going on. And, Gary, one of the things I'm uh, fascinated with are, are as y'all recruit and y'all are doing all these visits and as it was happening the other day, how much is it coming up uh, in recruiting? How much are the recruits asking about it? And then I, I'm just curious on the on the recruit on you alls side of it, how much information you know how I, I don't know if you lead with it exactly, but obviously some schools are really leaning into it. How has that impacted recruiting? Well, I, I don't think we'll know that. I think you'll go through the season. We're going to find out a whole lot more, uh, you know, as we go forward. Right now, it's kind of wild, wild west. There is no um, besides you go through a uh, you know a app which we have, you know, we go through our group that we have that we deal with uh, NLI. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't go through the university. And so, uh, but I think you're going to see, you know, I'm, you're, you're going to see uh, what the bar is going to be set like, how people are going to attack it and, and go from there. But it's still going to come down to, uh, you know, your better players, the people are going to get, the better players are going to be the ones that, you know, that uh, – businesses and all different group they're going to deal with as a general rule but it's it's got a chance for everybody to benefit a little bit from it but as i told my group uh you want to help yourself with name image and likeness be a great player uh have a good football team win a lot of ball games uh do yourself well and then all the rest of that stuff kind of takes care of itself so Gary, how much do you have to, as a coach, like, did you read, I guess you've had to read the state law. You said it, it, it is kind of the Wild West a little bit, and you almost have to see how this is going to go. How, how much of your time did you have to spend, like, almost studying up to even be prepared for all this to happen? Well, no, that's why you have a, an athlete director and you have a compliance department that's going to, you know, that they, all this goes through. Um, but you know, as we as we go forward, and you kind of see more of the parameters, like anything else, uh, well, it's very it's liquid. It's it's going to be changing. People trying to feel their way out of way out around how you do it. The biggest thing is you can't have anything that has your school logo on it. When a person's when a young man or woman is selling themselves as far as endorsements, you know, and you'd, you'd want you'd want young people to be able to help themselves all they can. But the, you know, the biggest thing for everybody to understand is that still you. Yeah, this because uh, 
you play the game and how you play it. And so, you know, we're I've tried to stay kind of um, in my lane doing that, and then I'll, as I go forward, I'll help my kids as much as I can within the parameters uh, to be able to help them, you know, better themselves and their families' uh, lives. So. Gary Patterson joining the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, last time we talked, or about a year ago, man, you were excited, Gary, about your running back room. And um, with Kendry, Amari, Zach Evans obviously back, has it gone? I mean, you've had a little turnover in that area. Is that room, though, still progressing as you had hoped? Because uh, obviously, I think when we talked about a year ago, you thought it was headed to maybe being among the best in the country. Yeah, I don't think that's changed. Um, you know, we we knew that we had four redshirt freshman tailbacks that one was going to would leave uh, at some point in time. And Amari uh, DiMicardo is our senior. What it allowed us to do, because he's going to be a senior, it allows us to recruit another great tailback. But I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't think anybody, you know, I've, I've read where uh, they thought our running backs were average. And, um I'd like to I'd like to see their room because I play against everybody, including ours in practice. So, uh, you know, as a general rule, you got you got some really good players uh, that are young that are only going to keep getting better. And so, uh, you know, we had a great spring and an even better May and June. Uh, I think a note of kids usually is how they do things. We give our kids time off in May, and about eighty to ninety percent of them all on their own all stayed. And so. Uh, Chemistry is really big here at TC right now, the way they get along and work ethic and wanting to win. And so um, I'm excited about going forward. You know, that doesn't mean you are, but it does. It gives you a better chance uh, for good things to happen to you. And so uh, and having a returning quarterback and a couple of guys that have, that have played. So uh, we're excited about where TC sits right now. You stay healthy. Everybody is eligible. Uh, and so we're going through the summer here. We got July here, two or three weeks before we come into camp, and uh, you know, start fine-tuning everything. You know, you're not going to go to the beach or something. I mean, I I, I read that story with all these coaches have places around uh, Destin. Uh, are you going to be able to squeeze a little time in there, or are you, are you just nose to the grindstone there? Well, no, I take my. I got. We take. We, you got to recharge. I take my time in the spring. And then what I do when we get done, when it went dead the 27th of June, then I give my staff, which I always have, they get they get a couple weeks off. We took a May a week off in May because uh, we couldn't go out. And then we had we take these guys are on vacation until we come back the 12th, and then we'll get going again. But yeah, I, I'm recharged. You know, when I'm here, it gives me a lot of opportunity to get around the kids more myself, and then also get a chance to work everything we need to to make sure we're prepared for. Uh, fall camp and um you know we've been doing it this way for 21 years and it's you know it's been pretty successful so it's but yeah it's this is kind of the calm i it's kind of like a vacation for me with no coaches around here bothering me to be honest with you (laughs) nobody's peeking in there you're getting stuff done did did, coming out of the spring you finally got the kids saw them in person and all that all those zoom calls were behind you did, did it um, did it just feel like I, I, it had to feel so much better to be back? I mean, last year was uh, blind for a lot of schools and everything. Like, what, what? How do you feel about this specific team? You don't know till you get them out there, but you've got experience at quarterback now. Like you said, you're extremely and you're always talented in the secondary. 
this you you get there's a couple of NFL guys, well several of them that you got to replace. But your overall general feeling about this group are, are you are you I mean you, when you get recharged, how excited are you about this group? Well, number one, we only had eight seniors. And so we return a lot of people. Uh, the spring, if you watched our spring game, you wouldn't get a good feeling about the defense because we had 14 guys in our two deep or out uh, in the spring. They're all back full go. Uh, we also added nine more defensive guys uh, that came in in our class from transfers, grad transfers, and freshmen. So really we'll have 23 more defensive guys that will go through two-a-days. Uh, and so for us there, offensively, you have all your running backs back except Barlow, the transfer. And, you know, and he probably sits somewhere in the third or fourth tailback in the room. Uh, and then you have, you have your quarterbacks back, you know, with the addition of uh, Morris and also, you know, Downing, which we have. And then, you know, we have four quarterbacks all, all really can play. I'm really excited about that room. I think our kids are really excited about the room and the leadership on our offensive side of the football team has been great. You know, as I've told people even going and I really thought even going into last season in COVID, we had our chemistry was really good. You know, when everything kind of weeded out, you can kind of see that. We went on to win five out of our last six games. Our kids played with a lot of confidence. You know, we just got bigger. I thought then the guys staying in May, which was a surprise to me, was really big, especially in the weight room because our, our, our bodies, our uh, shoulders and our – chest and everything really changed a lot in our because we were very young in the secondary and so uh and in our wide receivers and so for us uh it's really been you know you have all all of your yards coming back your quarterback your wide receivers your running backs you know you have the addition of uh ob easy from memphis you know he has an 85 inch reach six eight to go along with coker and the guys at offensive line steve uh is probably going to be Avila's probably, if not the best, one of the top three tail maybe centers in the country at 6'4", 335 pounds, and can move. And so for us, you put all the rest of them together. We we feel like we have a nucleus, but you know you got to stay healthy. Uh, you got to you got to have chemistry. You have to have a little luck. And we play a tough schedule early after Duquesne. You've got Cal Berkeley, which has got one of the, they're talking about one of their best teams they've had in 25 years, and. And then SMU has a really good football team there that has – they had a lot of guys return with, the, you know, super seniors. Both teams do. You know, and that's really what's hard really to tell where your team fits and everything just because everybody has so many teams coming back, including Baylor and Texas and everybody else in our conference. So, uh, you know, we're just, we're just working on making sure we take care of TCU. And really the kids have done a great job. It's about probably the best chemistry we've had since the 2010 group. Eight, nine, and ten. So uh, we had glimpses in fourteen and seventeen, but this is this has uh, been a really good group. Boy, that's that that is very interesting to hear because those were some good teams. Now, Morris intrigues me. You had to, you know, he had to go through that weirdness with whatever was going on with OU. You got that figured out. What um, what does he bring to the quarterback room? Obviously, a coach's kid. We in the Dallas area, just prolific, prolific numbers. What is uh, what's he brought now that he can kind of get out there and and uh, and do his thing? He's already hanging out and doing stuff with y'all, but now it's official. What uh, what has he brought to that room? Well, yeah, he was all he went through all the spring ball, but yeah, you have you know you have a, again just like Max, you have a coach's son, and so anytime you have you have coach's son, you know they they just think differently. 
everybody else because, they, you know, they live it. And so uh, both of them, they both brought a lot of leadership to the room and to the team. You know, I think we'll, we'll keep getting better. You know, I think there were some things we didn't get as good at throwing the football because we, we didn't have very many secondary players in the spring. But I think fall camp is really – and then even here in July, as they do seven-on-seven on, seven on their own, we'll keep working forward. But this – you know, it's uh, – there's not – this group has been very businesslike uh, as a team, starting with the quarterbacks. And so uh, – you know, we have to do it. We just got an addition, uh, Quincy Brown, that just joined us here in July. It's a big 6'5 receiver that has a lot of ability. You know, I, I read on a lot of comments from uh, opposing coaches that we didn't have anybody that threatened us, that we had that threatened anybody on our team at the running back and uh, wide receiver position. So I'm looking forward to find out if that's true when we get to the fall. <laughs> That'll be good to find out. Talking to Gary Patterson, head coach, TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, go ahead, Stephen. Hey, Coach. Uh, how does A uh, and M transfer Shadrack Banks fit in in your program? I know he played, you know, wide receiver in high school, but uh, there's been some, some thoughts about him moving over to defense. So, so what do you like about his game, and where is he going to play at TCU? Well, he's going to play linebacker, and you, you know, when you got a guy that runs four or five, has athletic ability as an offensive player that can play linebacker, can vertical with run vertical with people. I think his his uh, best days are ahead of him. I mean, it's you know. One of the hardest things, one of the hardest things uh, with defensive guys that only play defense in our system is learning how to play plays. But offensive guys learn how to do that. They play plays and have to adjust and do things. And so that's why we've had so much success with offensive guys moving over to defense because of the concept of learning that kind of stuff. And really, Shadrick's been a guy up to this point, you know, just getting him a little bit when he got here, just because guys have been here all the way through May when he got here. Uh, Getting him into shape and doing all that kind of stuff, but uh, really, it's been uh, it's been a pretty easy transition so far. All right, I, I was wondering about uh, Hodges Tomlinson. I mean, this guy is PFF just had him as the eleventh best player uh, in their top fifty list. You've had some great ones over the years at cornerback and safety. What what and he he you know I think he had kind of a one rough game. Um, Last year, we came way, right back from it. I mean, what what has he shown you, and like how much has he matured? He he's not. I, I think y'all list him at what five nine, five ten, but it seems like he plays a lot bigger and more physical than that. Yeah, he was a safety in high school. He was he was from the uh, Waco area, mm-hmm. um, but you know he's LT's uh, nephew. Uh, highly competitive. I think you best describe him. You know, Noah Daniels was probably having a great year when he hurt his. His leg in the Oklahoma game didn't play the rest of the season, and then Caesar came in and, and had four picks in the last five ball games. So we, you know, we feel very good about it. We had a young man by the name of Keontae Inger that came, that was a freshman, the redshirt that played through uh, shoulder, and you know he didn't go through spring, so we could get him full strength coming in the fall. Um, Tony came back, uh, there was a guy that uh, that sit out because of COVID, came back in our system, so we went from being very short at corner to be in a group that's that has depth along with the two freshmen that we had coming in. But, you know, Trey is one of those guys that's just highly competitive. You know, the first game of the season, Iowa State, he did not have a good game. And uh, really, ever since then, he's, he's really stepped it up. You know, him and Noah need to be more productive as far as being aggressive towards takeaways, but uh, – you know, both of them are very good cover people. Both of them run. Noah was a 20.09, you know, 10-3 guy out of high school. 
and so getting him back is going to be great for us, along with along with uh, Trey and then uh, Caesar, and then you add the rest of that group to it. Some point in time, Keon Stewart will come back. Uh, that he hurt his leg last year and didn't play the last half of the season. So, uh, you know, if you watch film, a lot of guys we had that were out, including uh, Jamoy Hodge, which was a trans, was a junior college guy that uh, has great ability that will hopefully take Wallow's place. And so, uh, you know, like I said, we had 23 guys that were not through, did not go through spring ball. One of the biggest strengths that did, though, is we'll be, we have eight defensive tackles and all of them can, can play. We only had four in the spring, guys like Corey Bentley that didn't go through that that also you know went out with surgery uh, halfway through the season, and so you get you have a lot of depth and all of our defensive ends come back and so the addition of the two freshmen are going to be big, but we you know like I said we're we're pretty excited you know we have the two safeties and the linebacker that you have to replace, and so. Uh, that's my job to make sure we get them to that situation where they can. And, and we have guys that have athletic ability enough to be that. Uh, Deshaun McEwen was a 10-4, 100-meter guy out of Jacksonville, Texas. Uh, T.J. Carter, which transferred, was a grad transfer from Memphis, has transitioned into safety and, and is one of our leaders on our team. It's been unbelievable uh, the, the job he did in the short amount of practices we had in the spring. And then you get LeKendrick Van Zant and Nook Bradford and those guys back to go along with, you know, we'll end up transfer we had from uh, Coffeyville Junior College, Kamara that's uh, showed great athletic ability here in uh, in the summertime. And so it's, uh, you know, it's I think we have we have a high ceiling. You know, we these guys are going to have to grow up. It's hard to uh, replace two guys like that just left, you know, that went out early in the draft. But, you know, it's uh, that's what our job is. And, if we're able to do that, then uh, you know this group here has the potential to be pretty good with the, with the kind of corners and front that we have coming back. All right. Well, listen, we really appreciate it. I felt bad for you when uh, Schlossnagel, I thought of you immediately. You all formed one of the great partnerships in uh, college sports with baseball and football, and, and uh, he, he wasn't there as long as you were, but he was there a long time. So I have you, uh, you're not angry with him, are you? No, you know, you got to do. Everybody's got to do what they think is the best thing for them. You know, uh, well, they hired a great head coach. They did those two guys, uh, him and Mo, both did a great job as assistants, and basically were the head coaches of the pitching and the hitting part. Uh, them moving up, I think they they've got a great uh, part going forward. And so, uh, yeah, we're I'm good friends with them also, and I'll do anything I can to make sure that their lives are more successful uh, going forward. As they are now, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Jerry, we appreciate it, and uh, can't wait for football season. All right. Well, you be, you take care, and thanks for having me on. You bet. I will. There he goes, Gary Patterson. We took it a little bit longer, and uh, uh, Stephen, I'm sorry. Stephen is going to be uh, filling in for for uh, today for Tom, and uh, we've cut right into the four o'clock hour, but Steve and I thought with Gary Patterson, you might be okay with it. The head coach of the TCU Horned Frogs, really good stuff from him on a lot of different fronts and uh, some great information out there for Big 12 fans. All right, that's all we have for today, and Stephen and Ward are coming up next. Game time is next.